In 2007, at the Tokyo Game Show Expo, Mega Man series producer and co-designer of Capcom's Super Fighting Robot, one Keiji Inafune, was asked what his favorite Mega Man game was. Although he'd worked on the series for over 20 years, he had an immediate answer. He said, I really have a lot of memories with all the Mega Man titles, and it's difficult to pick just one of them as my favorite. But if I were to do so, it would be the game that I'd consider to be like a clumsy son. It's Mega Man Legends, a title that really didn't sell well in the Mega Man franchise. It was a bit too early for its days. Ever since then, people started saying that Inafune's ideas are seven or eight years too early. This time around on Magecast, we're talking about Mega Man Legends, the experiment, the risk, the clumsy son, the favorite. Joining me is my special guest Patrick from Backlog Odyssey. His is a concept which spans blogging, streaming, social media, and even co-podcasting. Together with his wife, Patrick created a site for sharing experiences with tackling the backlog, that dreaded, dreaded backlog, I know that feeling. He is also a co-host on the Backlog Busters podcast, a group of self-proclaimed backloggers having conversations about the games of yesteryear and the hardships of self-restraint. You'll find that he's a healthy Mega Man fan with a real appreciation for the Blue Bomber, the perfect guest to talk about a legend with. As they say, legends never die. Our hunger for myth and our desire to tell stories transforms simple tales into legends. Even after all these years and all its antiquated ruggedness, there's still more to learn about Mega Man Legends. And evidently, there's still more to talk about. Let's start the show. In a world covered by endless water, there's Magecast back again with an episode on the Blue Bomber, the legendary Blue Bomber, in fact. My special guest today is Patrick, all the way from the internets. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's a hot day, as we were talking before. Uh, <laughs> at least on my end, it doesn't sound like it's too hot on yours. Yeah, I think I'm about half of what your temperature is right now. <laughs> <laughs> How I envy you. How I envy you. <laughs> well, uh, so that we kind of get a better idea of who you are, um, what are some games that you're maybe playing now? I don't know if you juggle multiple games at once. I really can't do that too well. <laughs> But what are you playing right now, and then, uh, what are you working on? Sure. Uh, well, right now, uh, I'm playing Sekiro on the PlayStation 4. Um, nice. A little Resident Evil 3, which I just finished up, just before we started chatting, actually. And um, then Drakengard on the PlayStation 2. So I'm kind of juggling three different games at this time. But Wow. You know, yeah. And and how is uh, Sekiro? Is that kicking your butt? It was. It was. Um, compared to the other Dark Souls-style games like Bloodborne or even the Dark Souls series itself, uh, this one is much more focused on kind of timing okay. and uh, parrying and being quick on the draw, kind of reacting to enemy attacks, where Dark Souls is more like hold up your shield, wait until there's an opening, and then attack. And you can't do that in Sekiro. <laughs> ah, I see. So what would you say to somebody like me, who has never played a Dark Souls or a Souls-like at all, right. and is interested in Sekiro? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I would say prepare to die a whole bunch and get frustrated, and maybe not get past the first boss. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I mean, you always hear it's hard. I, I you know, yeah. 
and it's notoriously yeah. dark souls are notoriously compared to everything that's that's difficult in gaming but mm -hmm. uh uh a friend of mine was going to lend me uh, Sekiro, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that sounds, that sounds great. It won Game of the Year last year, if I recall. Right. Um, yeah. So it sounds like it's worth playing. I think it is. It absolutely is. And even if you haven't played um, a Souls-style game, uh, the atmosphere in Sekiro is worth it in and of itself. And, yeah. I mean, it really it just takes patience, and you have to go into it knowing that you're going to fail. Even right. if you've played these styles of games it's in the past. I understand. I understand. Yeah. I, I like to think <laughs> I'm a fairly patient person. But then I get frustrated playing Animal Crossing every once in a while. <laughs> so, and then and that's what I've been stuck on recently. Uh, most, uh, mostly Animal Crossing New Horizons. Mm -hmm. Some of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, mm. About to cross through Wall Market tonight, which I'm excited. Almost Everybody, like 99% of everybody I've talked to said the game gets amazing after the wall market section. So, really? Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, one person said it get, it gets worse. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and then I'm playing a little bit of the uh, Panzer Dragoon remake, which is Oh, fun. very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I want to play that as well. And recently, I've been, I've been trying to buy... Final Fantasy VII Remake so I can play it, but it's literally sold out everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's an interesting time. Like we were talking about uh, on the most recent episode of Story Mode, uh, how much digital sales uh, have been happening recently. I think last yeah. month uh, they saw $10 billion um, flood into the gaming industry. So there's a lot of people purchasing games. Um, right. Final Fantasy VII Remake sold 3.5 million, uh, and that's combined between the uh, uh, units, and that's combined between the physical and the digital. But I imagine a lot of people are having to settle for digital with that. Yeah, and I mean, it never even crossed my mind <laughs> to buy it digitally. Oh, yeah. Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's humongous, too. I mean, you would need right. to clear, like, almost everything. Uh, yeah. I had to delete uh, a ton of software in order to fit the physical version uh, really? which comes with which comes with a download disc <laughs> so it's a humongous game it's wow. gigantic so well i hope you get the chance to to play it yourself and uh, Me as well yeah. yeah i'd enjoy hearing your thoughts on that too but how about uh, some things you've been working on recently sure well it's been slow on the blog the backlog odyssey um but i've been really focusing on our streams lately Mm -hmm. And we've been doing uh, mostly retro recently. So we just finished up um, Meg uh, Mega Man. Well, I did do the Mega Man 2 Retro Game Brews uh, streaming challenge mm -hmm. most recently. And we just finished up Super Mario Bros. 3. So that's what we've been playing there. Uh, an icon, a classic, a masterpiece. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Never gets old. Absolutely. I love playing that game. <laughs> so how'd you fare in the, uh, in the Mega Man 2 thing? So I think uh, after everything, I ended up in fourth place. So top. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, not at all. I was pretty happy with my time as well because on stream I was able to get the best time I've ever had. So wow. I was really happy with that. And that ended up to be, I think, 34 minutes and 45 seconds. Wow. And yeah. that's not an easy game. That's the no. thing. I mean, like when... When I saw uh, RGB Rista's Rista's heart, uh, it's super <laughs> cool. He puts together all these events. 
a while ago he asked me um, about joining for for one particular challenge. Um, I'm not much of a streamer. I've never really done it before, but hmm. he asked me what genres I consider myself good at. And I said platformers. But when I saw like a challenge involving Mega Man Two, I was like, <laughs> I would chicken out <laughs> like on that. That is a tough game. Uh, it is. Yeah. yeah. Even when you're familiar with it, it's a tough game. Oh, so. absolutely. And I mean, until this challenge, I haven't played Mega Man 2 probably in years. So it was fun to pick it up again and kind of relearn it and learn the little strategies to increase your time or decrease it, I should say. Wow. So yeah. that's cool. So uh, how much sort of practice did you put in uh, before the, the challenge itself? So I think RGB mentioned that he was going to be doing Mega Man 2 probably just before uh, the ice hockey tournament he had two weeks ago or so. Okay. Yeah. And then I just kind of played it once a day, once or twice a day. And then on the day that I was to play the game, I probably beat it 10 times in a row. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that will get you familiar with it, that's for sure. Yes, yes. So who was your, your favorite boss then out of Mega Man 2? So my favorite boss probably is Woodman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plus that music is sick. That's it really so is. Great. It really is. And yeah. it's so satisfying to uh, use Heat Man's uh, fire, charged fire blast to defeat him in one shot. Oh, yeah. That's a, that is a fantastic game. Well, it anyway, is. we can't talk about Mega Man 2 all night. Uh, I wish I, we could. <laughs> Uh, it's such a great game. But, mm -hmm. folks, if you're listening, you're like, who the heck is RGB? You need to get on Twitter and you need to follow Retro Game Brews. The man's a legend. Uh, yes. Speaking of legends, this is episode 48, The Man, The Mega, The Legends. We're talking about Mega Man Legends, which was released in 1997 by Capcom for PS1. 1997 was a golden year, folks. 97 had Final Fantasy VII had Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, had some fantastic, fantastic games came out that year. Icons. Uh, and among them, Mega Man Legends. So uh, just as a notification, though, this is a spoilers cast. Every Mage cast is a spoilers cast. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the game. I think we should be free to. Um, but if you're concerned about spoilers for a game from 1997... Probably not a good idea to listen any further. Check out another episode of MageCast. A couple of Mage facts here for starters. A later Nintendo 64 port was named Mega Man 64 in North America. Uh, have you played Mega Man 64? Uh, I played it a little bit. So when it was released, uh, being a big fan of the PS1 version, I obviously went out of my way to rent it to try it, but I never played it all the way through. I was mostly the PS1. Yeah, I've not played it at all. Uh, I don't know how different it is, but uh, I tend to hear that it's worse than the PS1 port, um, <laughs> or the PS1 version, rather, because <laughs> the 64 version is a port. Anyway, the next point here. Uh, the game does not star Rock or Mega Man X, but Mega Man Volnet, uh, a new incarnation of the Blue Bomber. The game was delayed from appearing as a downloadable PS1 classic on PSN for many years due to technicalities with a real-life energy drink that was used in the game, uh, although you can download the game on PSN now. Uh, the issue was, and we actually looked this up beforehand because 
<laughs> sometimes I write things down and I forget to verify it. I was like, this is true, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we did look it up before. There was basically a Japanese energy drink um, that appears on the vending machines in Mega Man Legends, if you remember those. And so that created, you know, I would imagine some licensing issues with that. Uh, I remember that because I don't own this game anymore, and I really wanted to play it. And I was like, it's got to be on PSN. I found Mega Man Legends 2. I found Misadventures of Tron Bond, but no Mega Man Legends. And I was like, why the heck not? Looking it up, this was the reason why. Yeah, and it would have been quite disappointing because, I mean, even now, the Mega Man Legends games, if you were to buy the physical copies, they're not cheap these days. No, they're they're quite expensive. Uh, I did own Misadventures of Tron Bon at one point, and I sold it off for four hundred dollars uh, oh because I would much rather have four hundred dollars than something that's just gonna sit on my shelf. Right. Uh, right. So uh, I want to say I actually did buy the the physical version of Mega Man Legends recently. I think it set me back uh, not too far. Uh, it was it wasn't in the best condition, but. Uh, mm -hmm. these are not, yeah, these aren't cheap. Uh, in Japan, the series is called Rockman Dash. Dash being an acronym that stands for Dig Outers Adventure Stories in the Halcyon Days. Uh, next one here, this is from ABXYLR the Gamer, uh, who said, Did you know both came out on the PSP, but only in Japan? So Mega Man Legends and Legends 2 came out on the PSP but unfortunately only in Japan. This last one here, Dibble1987, submitted a factoid that says, uh, the voice cast moment that stood out for me, Bon Bon was literally voiced by Pikachu's voice actress. Hmm. And that was when I did not know until I saw this. And that's an interesting fact, and I mean, you can see it. <laughs> right, as soon as, as soon as they wrote that, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Bomb Bomb just basically says her name anyway, so yeah. it's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Uh, it's a, um, was it Babu or something like that over and over? No, that's there. true. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't say a name. Well, uh, I mean, it could be. I it haven't says, played it... this in a while. <laughs> but uh, it's the same concept, though. It's like it just yes. says, uh, just pretty much says like a sound, a little catchphrase. Uh -huh. Okay, so. Um, yeah, some interesting facts there. I learned a, I learned a bit about this game myself, uh, so that was cool. Before we get into this, some question that I put out on Twitter to everybody was, what is your favorite uh, Mega Man game? And we really tended to see mostly the early uh, classic Rockman series uh, mm -hmm. on NES, and then uh, Mega Man X got a lot of mentions. That's my personal favorite. I think Mega Man X is a polished gemstone of a game. <laughs> uh, fantastic. I really enjoy uh, that game. Chrono Trigger are a couple of games that I really enjoy showing to younger folks and be like, here, play this, enjoy it. And, yeah. and almost without uh, exception, um, <laughs> my brother being one of the exceptions. He's 15 <laughs> years younger than me, born in 2000, too young. For Mega Man <laughs> X, of course, to have played it contemporaneously, but uh, he's just not good at platformers. He's the he's the Destiny Overwatch guy, and platformers make his brain shut off. It seems like, <laughs> but but for the most part, uh, people seem to really enjoy Mega Man X. But what is your favorite uh, Mega Man game? 
So when people ask me this, and as a big Mega Man fan uh, for most of my life, for at least the part of it that I remember, <laughs> uh, my default answers are always Mega Man 3, uh, Mega Man X, and then Mega Man Legends. Uh, uh-huh. Those are the ones that stand out to me the most. Mega Man 3, because it was really the mega, uh, the game that introduced me to the series. It was always between 2 and 3, but 3 was probably the one that I played the most as a child. And then for many, many years, uh, Mega Man X was the only Mega Man that I owned. So I played that constantly, you know, uh, beat it probably two, three times every other month. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> highly replayable, yeah. Oh yeah, and I agree that it's you know it's a polished gem on the N- on the SNES. Yeah, and much the same reason why I enjoy it too. Uh, it was one of the first games that I got for the Super Nintendo. I think it was one yeah. of the first games that I even saw for the Super Nintendo. Right. Uh, and I was already an NES Mega Man fan, so seeing all those extra colors, all the extra action and speed, him climbing mm-hmm. on the walls, him dashing. Uh, yes. The bosses, the special effects, the music. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Uh, it was impossible not to fall in love with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the dash alone and the wall climbing and then the ability to find the different armor pieces and actually change the way that Mega Man looks. Yeah, I fell in love with that instantly. Nice. So, And then your NES pick, uh, Mega Man 3 is um, one that actually I don't have too much familiarity with. I've, I've beaten it maybe twice in my lifetime. Right. Uh, but it wasn't one that I owned as a kid. But I love my favorite NES Mega Man I love for just about the same reason in that it's the one that I uh, either played first or played the most. I can't remember exactly. But right. that's Mega Man 4. Uh, Mega Man oh, 4 okay. is one that I picked out on a birthday trip to Toys R Us for myself. And I was like, I, I'm going to love this game. And I did love it to death. <laughs> I played so much of it. Uh, and yeah, that one's uh, fantastic. Skull Man is a favorite. Yeah. Uh, Feral Man. Great game. Uh, yeah, it was, it's funny is that every, well, Mega Man probably four through seven, it, it would be many years before I would even play those. Wow. Wow, so I kind of had the opposite experience then with your, your, you were the Mega Man 3 guy and that was your foundational and then I was the Mega Man 4 guy, that was my foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I hadn't played Mega Man 3 until after college, so uh, it had been years. And it's kind of interesting when you think about, like for me, I kind of still get confused about which classic Mega Man is which, uh, (laughs) because they're all, they're they're very similar games. Uh, But it's interesting to play them chronologically, and that's something that I did once. Sat down, played one, then two, three, four, on and on. And you kind of see how they built upon uh, the core idea with a bunch of, of new ideas over time. Right. Yep. So that's cool. Mega Man Legends is one of your your uh, your trio of favorite games. Uh, it's handy that we'll be talking about it. So <laughs> to get into kind of our impressions of it still, maybe then and now, if you can remember, I don't know that I can remember the first time I played it. Um, <laughs> but why is it your favorite? Uh, we're one of your top three. The Mega Man series has always me- meant a lot to me. And it was one of those games that I would play consistently through my youth as a kid. And uh, even through the, the Super Nintendo playing Mega Man X, uh, X2 and X3, 
And then when the PlayStation came around, that was the console I really fell in love with. It was Final mm. Fantasy VII. It was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It was Resident Evil. It was all that. And then to see uh, not only a traditional Mega Man in the form of the Mega Man X uh, 4, 5, 6, and Mega Man 8, but seeing them take the series in a whole other direction, kind of making it 3D, making it an adventure, and giving you this open world to explore, which you never had the opportunity to in the side-scrolling games. Mm, mm-hmm. It just seemed to really blow up that world, right? Yeah. Uh, exactly. You didn't really get much, too much narrative, too much story and and development of characters uh, and exploration, certainly, in the levels of... Uh, the earlier Mega Man games. Well, there's a bit of dialogue here and there. Um, right. Mega Man X, you know, has its its mysteries as far as its connection to the past, and uh, right. the X series seems like one that maybe took a headlong dive into story <laughs> a little too awkwardly. <laughs> I'd say. Yes, they uh, went off the rails with that one. <laughs> yeah. What am I fighting for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tragedy because again Mega Man X is so great I enjoy Mm -hmm. Mega Man X2 and Mega Man X3 by the time you get to Mega Man X4 I'm starting to think uh okay (laughs) um what was it X5 that has that line I can't remember which one it is yeah Mega Man X5 and 6 um that's where I really started to fall off the series as well and then once they got to the PS2 then it was just they were running out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, it was time to retire it. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, you know. They tried to uh, do different. Um, they tried to do different uh, iterations of Mega Man since X. You mm-hmm. know, they there's the Battle Network and uh, Zero and all that sort of thing. Um, right. I've, I haven't played too much of those, but I remember as a kid thinking that the the X series was going to last forever. And I was like, what are they going to do when they get to Mega Man Triple X? Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, in this timeline, we'll never know. Yeah, uh, we'll never know. <laughs> so a couple of <laughs> impressions here from a few folks. This is from Summerfelt R, a.k.a. the Family Mage, who said, oh, yes, I had the N64 port and loved it. Aiming was easy, and you could kick cans. Who doesn't like kicking cans? <laughs> without, almost without exception, uh, when people remember this game, they remember it for kicking the cans. Oh, yes. <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> and I hadn't played it for years, and then I go back and I was like, it's the can. What do I do with it? And I kicked it a couple times, and I don't know, the magic was kind of gone. Are you supposed to land it behind one of, like, the the counters of, like, a nearby store? I just couldn't remember what to do with it. Right. Yeah, I couldn't remember either. And then uh, figuring out that there's some sort of secret hidden behind it, uh, that intrigued me. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 you know, it's a game within a game, uh, but it's not mm-hmm. like it's a mini game. It doesn't give you its rules. You just kind of go and discover it and you make your own game out of it almost, right. uh, which I think is at the core of what games are. Uh, and Mike, yes. like, you know, you've got kids, I've got kids, you've seen it happen. Kids will turn anything into a game. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so it's kind of cool to see that in this. I think that's what the kicking of the can represents 
it represents the human ability to turn anything into a game. It just so happens that there's a secret attached, a reward attached to this. Right. Um, Because there's nothing more video game-esque than (laughs) attaching a secret to a... Like in real life, you're like, I'm going to dig this hole. Like when I was a kid, I'd be like, I'm going to dig this hole to China. And that's my reward. You dig a hole for like, you know, half a foot. And you're like, I'm done. (laughs) Way too hard. Yeah. I know. In a game, though, there's always an extra life or a secret item or something like Mm -hmm. that. A bit of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's from uh, Takuto. How would you pronounce this? Uh, Takuto. Okay. This is from Takuto Anime Cafe. Endless memories of kicking the can behind the counter to become Dark Mega Man. Was that the secret? (laughs) (laughs) Because I need to replay this again. Uh, (laughs) That and the main game theme and box little fugue on constant repeat. The music, atmosphere, Mm -hmm. and lore of the Legends series is too oft overlooked. This is this is very true. I mean, and that's really one of the biggest draws to me to this game as well is that it just it just feels like it's wrapped in mystery, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a I mean, it's even tied thematically to the game itself. You play mm-hmm. as uh you play as a character who is essentially the Indiana Jones uh of his world. Uh, and he's got his his aircraft, and he flies around, and he there's roll with him, and he's got Gramps and Data, this dancing monkey. <laughs> uh, wonderful! I remember, <laughs> I remember when they used to make save points characters, and that that yes. was endearing. Uh, you don't see too much of that anymore. It really was. Yeah. And then they talk back at you, saying, "Why right. are you saving so much? Or why didn't you save?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it scolds you. You should have saved before that boss fight. I told you. something really yeah endearing about that but something you touched on that we can kind of pull out a little further is this idea of a successful transition from two to from 2d to 3d this is something that uh, i wrote on a while ago uh with a couple other mages i think it was um to discuss some franchises that were able to make that leap and then others that just couldn't quite jump and either stumbled with a terrible 3D outing or just were never seen again. Um, right. And so I think Mega Man, you know, he, he had this jump to 3D. Wasn't necessarily the most successful. I mean, we got two games uh, yeah. out of it. We got, And then there's the, the infamous canceled game, which we'll talk about <laughs> shortly. But... Uh, what uh, what are what are some games that you think were were great transitions to two D um to three D rather, <laughs> and then uh, what do you think it was in in Legends that sort of enabled it to to make this leap well? Sure, I mean one of the most successful I think, and one that kind of blew me away when it went to three D was the Mario franchise. Oh yeah, I mean Nintendo just knows. I don't know if they know what they're doing or if it's just they kind of they have this instinct on um, what fun is in no matter what environment they create it in. Mm-hmm. And and I think um, what made Mario, Mario 64 so good was that they took the funnest parts of the Mario franchise, which would be the jumping, and kind of expanded upon that and gave you a 3D world to explore that type of movement. Mm-hmm. And then they just added things for you to find while you were expo- exploring. 
I think that's really what made it successful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody, well, not everybody, but <laughs> quite a few <laughs> people have fondness for uh, what Super Mario 64 did for mm-hmm. Mario. And then uh, going on still further from that, uh, the Galaxy games are beloved. Um, yes. And that's, it's almost like a cop-out answer, so I kind of want to make you have another one, because it's Mario. Sure. It's Mario. <laughs> I mean, like, Mario has been one of the most successful, like, franchises in history. It's almost like he can't right. have, like, an awful game. Like, there's yes. there's Mario games that are mm, not the best, <laughs> but uh, there's no Mario game that's, like, a 1 out of 10, that's for sure. That is true. Like an official Mario game. I mean, obviously, there's all that schlock, like Hotel Mario and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's not 3D though. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so what's another what's another series that you think made a great jump from 2D to 3D? Wow. To put you on the spot. you know what? Right. Okay, while you're thinking, I got one. Okay. I'm gonna say uh, Metroid. Uh-huh. Uh, and well, hopefully, we don't look like yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo heads. Yeah, we're just like <laughs> only naming Nintendo games, but honestly, Super Metroid was great, and then you got the Metroid Prime uh, series, and I think the 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 trilogy. I think the smart thing that they did with Metroid was not make a Metroid game for the N sixty four, and just kind of yes. wait it out because that those early three D games are rough. Uh, they were really pioneers that were trying to figure out how to make this as engaging and as fun as their 2D counterparts were. And Metroid kind of sat that out and 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 bided its time and waited until uh, GameCube rolled out, uh, the next generation of 3D consoles, and, uh, and dropped Metroid Prime, which I think is a fantastic game. I agree. I totally agree. And I think I have, I came up with something. Okay. All right. My, my instinct was to then say Zelda. Mm-hmm. Because that was fantastic. Um, and then I was going to say Final Fantasy. Because mm-hmm. uh, the transition from the 2D Final Fantasies to the 3D, they kind of expanded those worlds even further. And I mean, Square keeps going above and beyond. But that's not what I'm going to say. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, what I'm go- <laughs> so what I'm going to land on is actually the Ninja Gaiden series. Ah, so, I mean, and in the same way that uh, Mario 64 kind of took what was fun about those games and expand upon it and put it into a 3D world, the Ninja Gaiden games, they took kind of the essence of those and expanded those into the 3D world where they could, um, I don't know, they could, they could make you feel more like a ninja instead of just a guy getting knocked into a pit by some eagle or something when you're trying to jump across. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, that one, that, that nomination takes me by surprise. I actually, uh, I don't think I've played a 3D Ninja Gaiden. Tecmo Koi, they took the Ninja Gaiden series and I mean, just like Devil May Cry or Bayonetta or anything like that, those action, uh, hack and slash games, except, uh, like their 2D counterparts, uh, they're hard as nails Mm -hmm. and it's really focused on you learning uh, how to deal with each enemy in their own way, kind of like Dark Souls is, mm-hmm. except this is much more faster paced and like Sekiro. Mm. <laughs> wow. So, okay. So those are a couple great, great picks for uh, games that were able to survive the 3D slaughter. Uh, but mm-hmm. what about a couple other ones? Can you think of any franchises that 
maybe tried 3D and failed or didn't try 3D at all? Because I can I can start with one right off the top of my head. Uh, Earthworm Jim is okay. uh, is I I loved Earthworm Jim one. I loved Earthworm Jim two. The first one is one of my favorite games on the Super Nintendo. But Earthworm Jim 3D, have you played that? I've not. <laughs> oh my goodness. It is one of the worst 3D games I've ever played in wow. my life. Uh, it tragic because uh, the first game is so wonderful. The second one you know, has its high points. I, I think it's not quite as polished as the first one in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Earthroom Gym 3D is a mess uh, in terms of its camera, its controls. It, its humor is off. Almost everything is off about Earthworm Gym 3D. Um, so you dodged a bullet, don't play it, <laughs> and you'll be fine. You'll 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 be able to live your life in in happiness and joy. That's good to know. And then I'll probably subject myself to it sometime, just because. <laughs> I know how you streamers are, and <laughs> that would that would make for a great stream. Let me tell you that. It would. It would. So you could find it. Uh, just be prepared to. You know, you're facing a pit that you got to jump across, and they, they kind of tried to keep maybe too many platforming mm-hmm. challenges when it just the support structure of the camera and controls weren't there yet. And so right. I remember trying to make a jump and just falling right in the hole because I was like, I thought that was the distance I had to jump, but I can't move this camera cause I'm in like in a hallway. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's stupid. So that's <laughs> not a good one. I would, I would probably say for myself, it would be the Castlevania series. Um, I feel like Konami was struggling through the years to try to make a good 3D Castlevania. Mm -hmm. And they just couldn't get out from under the shadow of their fantastic 2D games, especially after Symphony of the Night and the Aria games on the DS uh, and the Game Boy Advance. Um, Until relatively recently, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of... um, I guess you could say that the Lords of Shadows series is a bit divisive, but I thought it was really done well, and that was probably because they just kind of, I don't know, they they went with the God of War style of combat Mm -hmm. that really saved them. So it was like God of War with dark fantasy, you know, universal monsters. Like as a skin, so it's like they didn't have to reinvent the wheel, they just sort of borrowed somebody else's wheel. Exactly. Slapped a fresh coat of paint. I know that most people would probably be looking, probably be looking for, you know, a Metroidvania style Castlevania that's 3D, but I don't know if Konami has it in them to do it. Mm, <laughs> Honestly, yeah, no joke. Uh, I remember the first time I played Castlevania 64 and just being like, "Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. That was actually the first Castlevania I ever played. Uh, I didn't, wow. I did not play the originals on the NES, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was like, I oh, get into this." And I was at a friend's house and played it, and I was like, this sucks. I don't like it yeah. at all. Not a good first impression. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, since uh, then, I've played Symphony of the Night, which I think is a fantastic game, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was able to go back and play the original Castlevania on NES, and I thought that was just a beautiful game. Really oh, wonderful. Yes. So... Well, we made it through without talking about Bubsy 3D. That's that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, but this is from Dreaming Gamer who said, I love Mega Man Legends. I thought Capcom did a really good job of merging their unique style 
with a Zelda-style adventure. I'd also say Legends had a prototype choice system that many games have to this day. So maybe Legends was ahead of the curve. Uh, it's an interesting question, but mm -hmm. I think what I'd like to ask you then is we've seen games here that we've mentioned that have made successful jumps to 3D, some that haven't. Uh, we mentioned how good kind of the exploration and the, the injection of story into Mega Man was. Uh, mm -hmm. But what do you think made Legends a more successful uh, transition to 3D rather than less? Hmm. That is a good question. Um, thinking about it, I want to say it's really the Capcom magic that made it successful. Uh, Capcom has always been good with making interesting characters, whether or not they're, um, you know, they're silent protagonists or... There's no dialogue, anything like that. There's They're always visually striking, and I mm -hmm. think that's really what did it for this game, is that for a PS1 game, it looks pretty dang good, honestly. And yeah. Uh, you hit the nail on the head right there. That's mm -hmm. definitely got to be one of the things. Uh, when you look at, and I did this in the review that I wrote for uh, Mega Man Legends a while back, uh, I took comparison screenshots of the main characters from a bunch of games that were, were released at this time. And there was mm -hmm. so much more expression, so much more movement and character and personality to Mega Man Volnut compared to yes. some of the others at the time that were really just these uh, blocky, uh, edgy um, shapes with these blank faces. Uh, right. And so I think that there's a lot of Mega Man Legends that almost plays out like a movie or a cartoon, uh, mm -hmm. and I think that's very engaging. The answer that I would give, it, it's got to be in the top three things, is uh, it it doesn't force uh, you to, to wrestle with its camera too often. Um, right. And I think that's that was one of the big stumbling blocks with the early 3D games, is camera design was just atrocious. Uh, yes. They did not understand how to go about designing a, a way for you to look around in these 3D worlds that felt natural or or uh, or organic or anything like that. So, uh, well, we've mentioned a couple highs there. Uh, what do you think are some lows about Mega Man Legends? Uh, I would say probably uh, the one that sticks out the most is the fact that uh, it, its camera is... A pain to control. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was uh, developed before the DualShock mm -hmm. was released, so they had no second analog to control the camera. Yeah, and instead you had to use the shoulder buttons, and uh, you know, being trained to use a second analog to control a camera these days. Mm -hmm. So always having that nowadays. Going back and playing Mega Man Legends and trying to readjust to how they're controlling it controlling it in their game mm -hmm. uh, it becomes a little frustrating yeah of course it doesn't it doesn't take long for you to get used to it especially if you're playing it you know a couple hours a day or something but yeah that's the that's the first thing that comes to mind when i think of one of the worst parts of that game yeah uh and my 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 low for that too is very much along those same lines uh, i think that the controls for mega man himself uh, are really rough because again this oh, is yes. before the dual shock uh and you had to you had to wrestle with the strafing and and pivoting on the on the spot is that what they call the tank controls 
Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't think that Mega Man... Well, he did, I guess. He did pivot. And then he would... Uh, that's right. He wouldn't really turn. He would... Uh, you would have to strafe around. And, yeah. And that's what you did constantly. Yeah. In order to not die, you had to strafe constantly yes. to not die. Yes. Uh, tank controls, yeah. I'm not a, not a fan of tank controls. It almost sounds like I'm kind of backpedaling a little bit on the praise that I gave to the camera design. But what I mean is <laughs> I think that uh, the tank controls are something that I isolate as, as being not very good. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the fact that they give you open spaces uh, without having the modern sensibilities of the, tool, the, the DualShock sticks to sort of pan your camera around. Um, right. That's already out of the bag. But I think that they set up the world in such a way as there's these wide spaces, there's these large enemies, um, so that it's not like, again, with Earthworm Jim 3D, that has got some narrow spaces. Uh, and the right. camera will kind of... like One of the things that I hate about early 3D is when the camera controls itself and will orient itself behind your character. So you're trying to yes. make a jump sideways, and as you're jumping, the camera decides it's going to force itself uh, behind <laughs> you. And even sometimes that means the camera will force itself outside of a wall, so you can't even right. see where you're going anyway. I don't recall that happening too much in Mega Man Legends, but that might be because yeah. they were using these larger uh, spaces to move around in. Right, right. I do agree that it was, for what they had, a good solution mm-hmm. uh, when they didn't have a a reliable control scheme to control the camera. It could not be I mean, a permanent solution, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. Yeah. But it was better than, I think, than what we ended up with on a, on a few other titles. Yes. It would have been interesting to see what this game would have been like had it launched on the 64 rather than the PS1 because right. then you would have had, you know, the the joystick and and a few other that buttons. Is true. And that makes me curious to see how the 64 version plays because I mean, you still only have one analog stick. Right. And I'm guessing it would be the the uh C buttons that would control the camera similar to Mario 64, but yeah, that would be interesting. And uh, Mega Man 64 wasn't released in English until 2001, so wow. several years later. Uh, and by then we had the, the Dual Shocks, uh, mm-hmm. the tw- the twin sticks. I want to say so. Um, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> they fixed it. By yeah, I, I believe we did. It's <laughs> almost <laughs> so like it reminds me. It keeps reminding me when we talk about um, you know trying to play some of these games with just the D pad, the older PS1 yeah. games. Uh, reminds me of Metal Gear Solid. Um, going back and playing that, and watching Snake kind of run in these like right angles is really <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah. Until they you can only go straight up or straight left and right. Right. <laughs> until they kind of you know uh, were able to update it a bit. So uh, this is a comment from Poe and Newt. I remember getting Legends for N sixty four and being very confused. I grew up with Mega Man on NES and Mega Man X is my favorite game of all time. But I also love RPGs, so I kind of fell right into it. It's just so quirky, I need to replay it. I would recommend that people re- replay this game. Uh, I did a Absolutely. little while back, not this year, but uh, 
it's uh but yeah i could imagine you know because mega man has been so consi- had been so consistent in the rock series mm-hmm. in the the classic series rather and in the uh the x series so far that when you get to legends you're like is this a mega man game right and by all accounts i you could probably say that it isn't really other than the name <laughs> right well it's certainly not in in terms of uh like fan expectation or the formula that they developed over time. Uh, It was probably a a good precedent for the series in terms of trying new things. Um, Yes. Did you play Mega Man 11? I have. What did you think of that one? I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was a nice... um, Well, I know that Capcom was uh, trying to go back to the classic form with 9 and 10, Mm -hmm. and it was nice to see them bring it to the 3D, make it more modern. Mm Mm-hmm. And although I was a little hesitant after after um, Mighty Number no. Nine, uh, but I I think they did a really good job of it. It was a solid Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, no, I tend to agree as well. I think that um, one of the big things that concerned me with Eleven was the uh, the gear system and how oh, yes. gimmicky that was going to be. But I mm-hmm. discovered in playing it that uh, they designed the levels I think around it so that you were forced to take advantage of that when you could. Yes. Um, you know, longer levels, tougher mini-bosses, that sort of thing. Um, right. So it was a, I think that was a good... It was a good attempt to bring back the classic series because, again, it's so formulaic um, oh, that... Yes. Uh, what is it? 10 and 9, um, you know, they, they drop and there's not so much a blip on the radar. I didn't even know they were out. Uh, <laughs> and I remember saying, oh, they made a... A, a nine and a ten what <laughs> um so Mega Man 11 i think yeah it needed an extra bit of polish it needed a new idea not necessarily that they would reuse that for 12 i don't think they need to right but it's cool to see uh Mega Man as a character and as a franchise taking more risks i think i agree without I agree. losing too much of its core that needs to be said yeah. as well yeah and it definitely felt like a classic Mega Man. yes yeah i have to agree uh, well, let's move on here and talk about uh, some spin-offs and sequels. Well, the spin-off, the sequel, because <laughs> uh, there's not much else other than that. And we did get a few uh, comments in that regard. Wandering Flame said, I think Legends 2 is underrated. So we'll start off talking about Legends 2. What What are your, some of your thoughts sure. on Legends 2? Sure. Now, I'm not quite as familiar with 2. I've never actually completed it. Okay. But I have played it here and there. And I know they, they changed a few things. That The control scheme in particular was changed. And I think they did take advantage of the DualShock at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't really recall. But um, I recall, so relatively recently, I played through Mega Man Legends and then tried to jump right into Legends 2. And it, I felt confused or like shortchanged <laughs> the control scheme. <laughs> yeah, I think I had the same experience uh or just about. I can't recall that I've beaten Mega Man Legends 2. I I remember playing it and just feeling like it wasn't quite the same thing that I loved in in Legends 1. I'm not right. sure why. I I don't think that I have I that I had had as, as much fun in Legends mm-hmm. 2 as I had in 1. Maybe it was a, a darker game or a more straightforward game or, or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's something I know, and I have a problem with this in, in a lot of games that have ongoing sequels. 
And I feel like they tried to make it too complicated. Mm. And not necessarily gameplay-wise, but story-wise, characters, in uh, the world that you explore. I feel like they tried to expand it too quickly yeah. in its sequel. It almost felt like it was a JRPG. Right. Exactly. He's like, okay, this character has green hair, white, you know, and, and, and on and on and right. on. Yeah. Uh, where I, maybe that was an issue with, with the third game and why we didn't see it. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it seemed like the first game had a lot of intrigue and a lot of mystery and we're like, oh, cool. I could stand to see more of this world. And I'm sure that there's legends to fans that would disagree um, oh, but probably. again, I like like yourself. I'm not too familiar with Legends too. So just speaking from mm-hmm. from the heart, uh, <laughs> that uh, yeah, I think that that there's a there's enough of a difference to where people can can uh, distinguish between one or the other and make one or the other their favorite. I would I would right. say that Legends two is underrated though. I mean, either of us are we're not too familiar with it. Um, it could mm-hmm. be a good game. I, I need to go back and replay it. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I really need to go back there because, I mean, I hold the first one in such regard, I owe it to the second to actually give it a you know a fair shot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and then, of course, we didn't get a Legends 3, uh, which, despite us uh, not really jiving with Legends 2, um, and I'm looking at some of these pictures. I'm like, I remember this. I don't remember this. Uh, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen like a high adventure, a swashbuckling um, sort of Mega Man in a Mega Man Legends series that went on and, and told a, a cohesive story. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would have been interesting. And it, it feels like a bit of a tragedy that we never got this canceled uh, Mega Man Legends 3 game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, uh, obviously I would love to see a third in the series, but maybe we got it with Wind Waker, just not in the Mega Man world. Ooh, that's interesting. I don't know why I never thought of that before. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like, that seems totally legit. Yeah. Here's a comment from Srick360. Oh, ho, ho, it's Mega Man Legends time, all caps. Thoughts on the canceled Mega Man Legends on 3DS, and would you consider Legends a trilogy? I always include The Misadventures of Tron Bond since it is an actual prequel, but I know some people simply disregard it as a spin-off. So, I don't think I'd ever thought of these as a trilogy before, Legends 1, Legends 2, and Misadventures. Have you ever thought of that in those terms? No, not at all. And, I mean, uh, Misadventures of Tron Bond is so different from the other two games where Trombon's more like a collection of mini games or something. Yeah, it's definitely stylized very, very different. Uh, yeah. It's not just that you play as a villain. Uh, it's one of those great games where you play as a villain. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's got sort of these stages and uh, different kinds of levels. That There's puzzle, there's right. adventure, there's exploration, like a quasi-RPG right. stuff. Um what, what I mean, do you enjoy Misadventures of Tron Bond? So I tried to play it again when I was running through the first Legends and then going on to the second. I was like, well, maybe I'll try Tron Bond. And it never really stuck with me. I didn't like how they broke it up into the three different styles of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And, and in particular, trying to throw in these... Uh, 
the the puzzle aspects and not that I don't like puzzles it just didn't feel like a Mega Man Legends to me yeah other than the characters I think that that's probably the strong argument for it being a spinoff even though it is it serves as a as a kind of prequel um, right I love the heck out of this game uh, Misadventures of <laughs> Tron Bon I I thought it was hilarious uh, this game cemented Tron Bon as uh, one of my mains in Marvel versus Capcom two. <laughs> okay. and the serve bots um I, oh, yeah yes. there's some funny stuff like uh you know you can train your your serve bots to raise their stats something i really liked about this maybe because it has quasi rpg elements to it is right. there's i think it was 40 serve bots and they each have different personalities and skills and things like that so you can take a group of them with you on missions but then when you're on their ship the gessel shaft i think it was called Mm-hmm. Um, you could uh, teach them new abilities or train them so they could get faster or stronger. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see the angle that you're coming from, that it is very different from Legends 1 and Legends yeah. 2. Yeah, and I'm not really one to have patience for all these, uh, like the the sim aspects as well, where you're trying to raise the serve oh, box. Yeah. <laughs> and... I eat and that crap. That's up. just not myself. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not that's not like your cup of tea, though. No, it's not. Yeah. It really isn't. And I mean, I can appreciate it, and I would try to force myself through it because I really do enjoy these characters and this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this was one too that was kind of light on story as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because it is so broken up. Definitely compared to Legends One. I'm not sure about Legends Two, but. Uh, I remember, uh, I'm pretty sure I completed it 100%. Um, but some of the puzzles in this, the cube pushing or cube carrying puzzles, whatever you want to call them, uh, <laughs> were quite difficult. So, um, But the notable thing about it is that it's a rare uh, PS1 game. And uh, you can download it yes. on PSN. After I sold mine, I went on... PSN downloaded it for chicken feed. It's like four dollars or something <laughs> like that. So I was like, I still got it, but you yeah, know. there you go. You can still play it anytime you yeah. want. Yeah, um, I was on PS3, I think. So, anyways, uh, well, we kind of touched a lot on characters, on world, and and things like that. I'm wondering if you could kind of um, pull out a little bit of what is like the premise, the point, uh, the direction of the story for Legends sure. One. Sure. I mean, uh, Mega Man and his team, like Roll and Gramps and Data, they're they're kind of explorers or diggers, they call them in the world. And uh, I guess the world at some point was covered in water and it covered up all of these ancient, I don't know what you would call them. Um, like cities or almost or something yeah, like that. Something Factories, like, like this yeah. high technology all washed away under the water. Everybody forgot all of this technology and everything they learned. So these diggers go down into these cities, down into these dungeons, and try to find artifacts and reactors that they use for energy to power their technology, their current technology. And I'm guessing they're studying this to, I guess, learn uh, what they can from it. Yeah. And so built into that premise is all that sense of mystery, right? Because you're, you're exploring, yes. you're discovering this ancient civilization. And I think that's part of the real, the drive of, of, uh, of Mega Man Legends. I remember being fascinated 
with the conclusion of the game. Again, spoilers, folks. Mm -hmm. Shame on you <laughs> if you're still listening and you're concerned about spoilers. I said it at the beginning, okay? Uh, but at the, towards the end, you meet this character named Mega Man Juno, and you discover Mega Man has you know these interesting ties and, and that sort of thing. But Juno, right. uh, on this island called Catalox, I'm pulling some of this from memory, uh, that <laughs> the the island was supposed to be like a simulation for um, sort of like raising human life, and there was this protocol mm -hmm. that could wipe that civilization clean if if need be, and uh, Mega Man Volnut was to be a part of that protocol um and just that whole idea though of of something sinister and mysterious from ancient times that was highly advanced uh is i think just a, right. a wonderful interesting premise i agree i agree and then just exploring those labyrinths that are under the water and under the ground and discovering these ancient mach uh, machines or robots that are you know they want nothing more than to destroy you for some reason but <laughs> you're like why <laughs> territorial i always assumed yes very territorial <laughs> robots uh you know earlier we mentioned some metroidvanias i think there's a little bit of what makes metroidvanias enjoyable in legends because um, there's that sense of exploration and advancement through uh you know equipment and and a few items and things like that right um lots of backtracking that i did but you find connections between labyrinths and mazes and yes yeah. yes that was one of the coolest parts was when you discovered that each of the separate dungeons that you explored all connected in this giant circle yes and you could yeah you could come up in one end and be on the other end of the island from where you entered it was very cool yeah absolutely um so uh with uh with some of the characters um we got a question here from blaze knight 0923 who said you can't talk about Mega Man Legends without discussing the Bond family who which was your favorite which Bond boss battle provided you the biggest shock or spectacle <laughs> so the Bonds are these wonderful characters that mm -hmm. are sort of like these sky pirates uh, if Mega Man is the uh, the Indiana Jones of this world then oh see I'm gonna screw this up I just watched Indiana <laughs> Jones too <laughs> So if, yeah, if Mega Man and his team are the Indiana Jones of this world, then uh, the Bond family is definitely the Professor Belloc of this world. The the villains that are always trying to steal things and, and get away with other people's archaeological discoveries. But the Bond family is this delightful pirate family. Uh, <laughs> what a colorful cast of characters. Do you have they a favorite really one? I do, absolutely. I have always loved Teasel. So the <laughs> he's he's just so inefficiently evil or he thinks that he's evil. Um, <laughs> I love that inefficiently and, uh, evil. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, he's he has always made me laugh. And uh every time I play these games, I just want to give an award to whoever voiced Teasel Bond. Because oh, yes, he put absolutely. in some energy like Mark Hamill level energy into that oh, role yeah. essentially playing uh, you know this is this is from 97 this is when uh voice acting in console games wasn't too advanced and voice mm -hmm. uh, and uh, video games themselves were kind of just starting to get into the whole hey games can be dark and mature and and bloody and all these things 
right. so I'm sure there were still a lot of people at the time that thought of games as just toys for children. Um, and this guy could have been like, hey, you want to play this, like, you know, evil sky pirate dude that an inefficiently evil sky pirate dude. And uh, he could have showed up and just phoned it in and be like, oh, you know, Mega Man. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, instead, no <laughs> like yelling, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah it's just beautiful oh yeah it's so expressive it was it really is great and to think that just a year prior the original resident evil was released and that has some of the worst voice acting out there <laughs> <laughs> um which that's the only resident evil i've played is the is the original um i don't remember the voice acting too much but legends oh, again with bad. the personality that you get like we were talking about earlier with the visuals you get so mm -hmm. much from the very again very cartoonish voice acting in mm -hmm. this game. You're not you're not getting like drama or opera or anything like that. You're getting oh, no. bad guys and good guys shooting at each other. Uh, right. But again, he didn't phone it in, and that it definitely shows. <laughs> uh, Teasel Bond would probably be my favorite too, just because of that. Um, I also am a huge Tron fan. Um, right. <laughs> this is, here's a pointless story. Uh, so I was a cashier at a restaurant uh, for a while, and um, mm -hmm. you know you got to ask for ask for um, ID when somebody uses their credit card. And this dude's name was, uh, or no, lady's name was Tron. Uh, and I was like, I go, yeah, <laughs> I almost kind of flipped out. I was like, is your name Tron? And she's like, yes. And she didn't look like she didn't seem like she was, you know, from another country or anything like that. I don't right. know if this is an ethnic name or anything, but Tron is my favorite video game movie. Uh, and <laughs> I love the character Tron bond. So I had like a miniature freak out moment over this poor woman's ID. So <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you like from Mega Man legends. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not say that. Cause you just like back away slowly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was just like, Oh, is your name Tron? She's like, yeah. And that was the end of that oh, that's conversation. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. <laughs> um, bon Bon is kind of just there. I don't think there's too much yeah. to that character. I yeah. do like the serve bots a lot, these little Lego guys. Oh, yes. I agree. Some of the best, like rival minions and rabbits. We, should, we need more serve bots. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's <laughs> a thing with like thing with the serve bots is they're just constantly getting blown up. It's as if the developers <laughs> took out all of their sadistic rage on the serve bots. Oh, yeah. They're like, what can we, let's drop anvils on the serve bots. Let's have them smashed and stabbed <laughs> and blown up and burned and all of these things. And mm -hmm. it's so, it's so great. I love the serve bots yeah. in this game. Really are great. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course we have Mega Man himself that we've talked a lot about. Um, Gramps is sort of this, uh, slightly tutorializing figure. Um, you've got mm -hmm. Data the monkey that's doing the monkey dance. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, wonderful that they used to personify save points. Um, <laughs> role is uh, is kind of, I think, a cool adaptation of uh, the Role character from the earlier Mega Man games. Yeah, that... yeah I agree. And I, I think she's a, a perfectly likable character, too. Mm -hmm. She's you know supportive to Mega Man and... Uh, kind of uh i guess his guiding light when he's exploring and i've always liked yeah him. and making her a an engineer or a mechanic uh that's mm -hmm. like really smart with that sort of thing uh is i think super cool 
Um, oh yeah. It makes her this character that's yeah really useful and not just kind of like there. Like I don't even know. <laughs> I've played the classic Mega Man games. I don't even know what role does. In those. <laughs> not much. Not much. Not she's much. kind of there. <laughs> For she's there because yeah. they wanted the whole rock and roll uh, reference. Yes. But then I'm like, what do we do that with roll? True. All right, next question. <laughs> But in <laughs> Legends, yeah, she has a lot of utility. She has this this keen sense of genius, and uh, you get the sense that she knows a lot more than uh, oh, yes. Mega Man himself does. Yeah, so very cool character. Um, what other characters are in this game? Uh, many of them are kind of generic. You get a lot of the townsfolk, uh, like the the governor, things like that, but nothing really stands out other than Mega Man Juno near the end. But... Right, and Juno. Uh, is a character that, because again, he's called Mega Man, so he's like interesting, instantly interesting in that sense. Oh yes. Uh, but he definitely seems like a like a JRPG type final boss with the <laughs> the silky voice and the purple hair and stuff like yes. that. Yes, <laughs> it is true. But uh, yeah, interesting character to say the least. So with gameplay, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier before this cast started, I don't. I, I tend not to dwell too long on gameplay. I don't. I want to avoid the whole talk that sounds like it's just reading the back of the box and listing, <laughs> you know, all these features. Um, but when you think about gameplay from Mega Man Legends, what are some of the things that pop into your head? The first thing that really pops into my head is using the various accessories that you can find to increase your range, your rate of fire, or your power and things like that. And I always thought that was really cool, especially in a Mega Man, where typically your shot is of one strength. And it was kind of like their way to give you the robot master powers, yes. was to give you these upgrades. Yes. And, it, yeah, it's it's still in the spirit of the classic Mega Man games, because you're still getting new weapons. Um I remember when I first started playing it that I expected, you know, I, I just beat a boss. Am I going to get a weapon? Mm -hmm. It's not quite the same thing, though. Uh, yeah. But it's such a cool feature that you can upgrade these weapons, make them stronger and, and bigger and whatnot. Uh, one of the fondest is maybe a stretch, but one of the uh, <laughs> most significant memories that I have with Mega Man Legends was grinding at the end of the game to fully upgrade every weapon uh, just oh, to yeah. see what it looked like. And the the mm -hmm. punk that took the longest and sucked up the most uh, bits of money to, to fully upgrade and, and pieces and all that was the laser gun. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that thing. But when it was fully upgraded, holy moly, <laughs> it was like a gigantic laser. They just burned through everything. Uh, yeah, and that's honestly the funnest part is is that you could kind of build out Mega Man any way that you wanted and in the way that you wanted to play it. That was really cool. Yeah, it, again, goes hand in hand with Roll and kind of treats Mega Man as like a work in progress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's, an, it's definitely an interesting uh, an interesting feature of this game. Um, it is one of the one of the other things that stands out to me a lot from Mega Man Legends is the bosses. There's quite a a few really great boss fights mm -hmm. in this game. Yeah, the ones that the one that I think of uh, is when you open up the gates into the city. It's near the end of the game, and you can come up through the old city, and there's a warehouse. And if you enter the door, which it's easy to uh, 
it's easy to what's the word I'm looking for uh, bypass mm-hmm. it because typically you can't enter many of the buildings in this mm-hmm. game. But if you do, it turns out that the Bond family is back once more with a giant robot ready to destroy the city and you. And it's probably one of the most difficult fights in the game. Yes. <laughs> I do remember when you said warehouse, I was like, I know which boss fight he's talking about. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is a punk of a boss fight right there. Oh, yes. Uh, but uh, so the boss fight that always pops in my head is one of the early ones uh, when you fight mm-hmm. Tron for the first time in that sort of octopus tank that she has. Um, right. And before that, you have to fight the three serve bots uh in the blue i think it was blue red or blue orange and yellow um oh yeah tanks and they're passing the key back and forth and things like that but the thing that makes the that boss fight special i think is it introduces you to something that i think is unique to legend certainly was at the time is that uh there's collateral damage uh from your boss fights and so i remember playing for the first time and you know, all these buildings got destroyed because I was like, oh, it's shooting at me. I'm going to hide behind this building. <laughs> nope. And then the building blew up and my jaw hit uh-huh. the floor. I was like, you just blew up a yes. building? And then <laughs> as you get further, then there's that next section where you have to uh, defend City Hall. And same thing, the buildings can be destroyed. Right. Um, but then after that, there's this system of rebuilding the city and kind of dipping into your pockets to do that. And I just thought yes. that was amazing. So every time I replay this game, I'm like, I'm, no buildings are getting destroyed. I'm going to have like a perfect, <laughs> like zero collateral damage run through Mega Man Legends. Right. Yeah. And you always feel so bad when you see like the bank go <laughs> and the police station. <laughs> but it's so funny. It turns the, it gives the boss fight uh, more like what do I want to say here more of a challenge or more to balance to think about rather than just right. your health and the boss's health because uh, then right. you have to start thinking about your placement in relation to buildings and the amount of damage that you're going to cause around you uh, especially in the city right. hall one where you're sort of juggling uh, multiple enemies that are attacking different buildings and you have to run back and forth to stop them from <laughs> destroying the city hall or destroying the bank or the police station Yes, yes. It's it's a good way for them to to kind of pressure you to be cautious but also aggressive. Yes. And that's what made it fun. Pressure. That's a that's a good word. I think that was I'm gonna say that was the word I was trying to think of. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, again that pressure it's not a walk it's not a walk in the park. It's not your typical no. boss fight. Uh it's much more than that. No. Uh there was the one when you're on the airship and you're fighting the bird shaped mech thing that Tron Bon is flying. And I think it's the the last fight before the actual last fight that you have with the Tron Bon with the Bond family in that warehouse. Yeah, and wasn't there a boss fight in this game where you fought the the Gessel shaft itself? You were riding on uh the flutter, I think it was called Mega Man's ship. Yep. And it sort of is yep. being pursued by the pirates. That I think was a really cool one. Um yeah very very fun to kind of take out its cannons and things like that yes that is that's right uh here are a couple final audience comments and questions and folks if you're listening and you're like well how the heck do i get to ask questions i have questions or comments rather uh you can pop into my twitter profile at the well-read mage typically i announce a new show 
Um, and our top, our topic. I tried to say topic and subject at the same time. Our subject, <laughs> our our topic, uh, early in the week, and then uh, I invite everybody to share their thoughts. And I always appreciate people doing that. I think that one of the reasons why I continue to do this show is because I believe in furthering conversation and uniting people to talk about things that they might disagree on, that they might agree on, and uh, talking about these these games any kind of game is is just fun too so if you want to leave a question or a comment again pop into my twitter profile and have at it uh that being said this show is going to a uh bi-monthly uh schedule i discovered fast that two weekly podcasts is too many podcasts so uh this is the uh, official announcement that we're gonna do a new mage cast every two weeks and that kind of gives me more breathing room and so on and so forth um if you're one of those people that keeps sending me nasty emails about there not being enough mage cast i'm sorry but go listen to the other previous 47 episodes again or something. And there's <laughs> lots of great podcasts out there, too. I mean, I'm talking to a guy from a great podcast. So listen to more podcasts. There's lots. You can find them. Let's get to the question. <laughs> this is from Aros Elric. In your opinion, how does Mega Man Volnut's status as a robot compared to his feller, his fellow Blue Bomber brethren? Is he more of an android or a bioengineered cyborg? That is a question uh, right there. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think unlike your typical Mega Man where he is more, he is definitely an android created by Dr. Light. Yes, Dr. Mm -hmm. Light. Um, I feel like, well, I guess they kind of go against what I'm going to say this <laughs> near the end of the game when you just, when you figure out that he's kind of like a part of this protocol that's going to destroy the world, which kind of makes him a robot. But I always felt that in this Mega Man, he was more just like a kid in some sort of armor, and he just got attachments to it. Like he was in some sort of powered armor yeah. instead of actually being a robot himself. Yeah. Uh, I felt that same way. I want to say that's probably because of all the personality that they gave him in this. that made him feel yeah. that much more human. Uh Right. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's essentially like an artifact from a, a bygone civilization, whatever you want to call that, cyborg, android, robot. It is yeah. true. Automata. There you a go. A robot alien. Yeah, there you go. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and then the second part of Eros Elric's question was, also, do you find it weird that Mega Man was voiced by Susan Roman, a.k.a. Sailor Jupiter, in the Sailor Moon hmm. dub in Mega Man Legends 2? interest so is sailor jupiter in Mega Man legends 2 is yeah, that what we're so saying he's saying sailor jupiter from the english dub of sailor moon <laughs> I voices Mega Man walnut in Mega Man legends 2 interesting yeah. i mean it doesn't really surprise me a lot of female voice actors do mm -hmm. uh the voices of young male characters yeah, in japan and in, in the west yeah yeah that's not too uncommon i didn't know that factoid i didn't know that that it was sailor neither jupiter. did i I can't recall. That is interesting. Yeah. Have you have you watched Sailor Moon? I haven't seen it for decades. Uh, no, I haven't seen that <laughs> probably since I was in junior yeah, high. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, it's been it's been a while. I couldn't recall Sailor Jupiter's, uh, you know, voice to my ears. Besides, everybody oh, no, knows it's all about Sailor Mars anyway. Um, it's yeah, true. There's my glad you agree with me. 
Uh, I got thrown <laughs> out of the bus for that opinion once. Anyways, really? yeah, the, the, we'll <laughs> can't talk about that on record. <laughs> this is from Triple S and MT. Mega Man Legends will always be like one of my top Mega Man games. Still love it to this day and will always hope for a modern collection. So I put this comment last because I wanted to end with this note of hope. Uh, Capcom is having a resurgence. Earlier in the in the in the uh, they're having a, a a resurrection, a renaissance, whatever you want to call it. Earlier in this show, we were talking about Mega Man Eleven, uh, which I think is a great step forward, uh, and I'd be excited to see more new classic Mega Man games from Capcom. But you know, they're they're redoing uh, a lot of the Resident Evil games. Uh, they rolled out Monster Hunter World, which was extremely popular. Um, so it seems like they're kind of the the gears are turning and there's a lot of beloved uh capcom franchises and series that they could really bring back maybe as new games maybe as remakes or maybe just as collections i agree i mean it honestly feels in recent years like the capcom that i grew up with Mm -hmm. on the ps1 and seeing things like the remakes of the resident evils and the fact that we got a mega man 11 which was kind of the forgotten Capcom franchise for so long. Yeah. And it really wouldn't surprise me if they at least released a Legends collection because, I mean, they're even bringing back something like Mega Man Zero, which was handheld up until relatively recently. And it's really cool. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a good point. I completely forgot about that. I was going to pick up that, uh, that collection because I hadn't even touched any of those. Uh, remotely, and <laughs> um, I don't know anything about them. But uh, to if we were able to see a Legends collection, Legends One, Legends Two, Misadventures of Tron Bon, that would be that would be amazing. Uh, would one be. of my favorite things about collections, and it, there's there's almost like a counter argument that collections and and all these ports is kind of just a lazy way to keep the franchise alive alive quote unquote right. without uh <laughs> without having to put in the the energy and the time and the money into a new uh entry but uh I'll take it over nothing uh oh, but yes. one of the things that I think is is best about some collections is when they give you all the unlockable material or the new material that's the the interviews and the concept art and the history and um you know I'm thinking about uh the was it Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection? Um, I yes. think that was on PS3. But it had versions of the games that you could unlock. It had interview uh, segments that you could unlock. And that that's brilliant. That's a lot of fun, I think. And it adds that much more value to this. So you're not like, oh, I'm just buying these games over again just to have them or just to play them <laughs> on modern systems. Yeah, and I mean... And they've been doing the Mega Man franchise right recently. And one of my favorite parts of the Legacy Collection for the original Mega Mans was uh, that you got to see the contest entries that they had Mm -hmm. for the Robot Masters. And that was just something that was kind of lost to time. And Capcom included it. And that was probably one of my favorite parts of these collections that they've been creating. Yeah, the Legacy collections have been fantastic. Uh, Really fantastic. I got, I think it was on PS2, uh, Mega Man 
classic collection or something like that. But mm -hmm. there was uh, there was a, a bit of a lack of polish. They were they were sluggish. Um, the controls had a, like a slight delay to them. I found. I don't know if that's true for everybody, mm -hmm. but uh, the, so it was nice to re be able to replay some of these games. But I was like, there's just it's it doesn't have that tightness that, that the classic games are known for. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when I got the Legacy Collection, they were fantastic. They're just perfect. They yeah. were. They really yeah. were. So. Maybe Capcom, if you're listening, could we please get a Mega Man Legends Legacy Collection? Uh, that would be fantastic. Please, please, please have my children. No, have my wallet. Take, <laughs> take my money. I would love, love to be able to see these again with with just a little bit of polish. We've been seeing this with yeah. uh, the Final Fantasy VIII remaster pops in my head, um, yeah. and they didn't do a whole lot to it, but they gave you, you know. A few extra features, and they really polished that uh, those visuals. That was probably the biggest uptick for that one. Uh, you wouldn't need right. too much for the Legends games, but smooth everything out and take out some of the the roughness, and uh, and it'd be great. And let us play with the the twin sticks, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, fix those controls. Yes, <laughs> and then uh, it would be wonderful. So, folks, if you agree with us. If you're listening, you're like, I could go for some legends right now. Uh, I don't have a petition or anything, but uh, <clears throat> send your psychic waves out into the ether, and maybe somebody at Capcom will be like, I hear a call in the in the ether for a legends <laughs> legacy collection, and maybe someday we'll get one. But maybe some. Patrick, thanks for being on this show with me. I appreciate your time and and uh, your expertise and all the the things that you've. <laughs> shared about Mega Man, I can tell that I'm talking with a fellow Mega Man fan and that that's a, that's a great feeling. So I appreciate you being on the show. Of course. It was an absolute pleasure. Always willing to talk Mega Man. Heck yeah. Uh, well, where can our <laughs> listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Backlog Odyssey, uh, on our blog at BacklogOdyssey.com, and on Twitch at the Backlog Odyssey. The Backlog Odyssey. The Backlog the. Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, see you. Thanks so much for listening all the way through to the end. We'll see you next time. Rest assured, MageCast will not be going the way of Mega Man Legends 3. You can ensure we keep the lights on and the engines oiled by visiting our crowdfunding campaign at patreon.com forward slash thewellreadmage, or check out our HQ, thewellreadmage.com, or visit us on Twitter at thewellreadmage. If you enjoyed the discussion, I'd love to hear from you, not merely in the form of a podcast review, although those are nice, of course, but let's keep the conversation going. I occasionally hear from listeners that they got so into the pod that they found themselves arguing with us as we talked, even though we couldn't hear them. That's great! If you want to add to the conversation, I want to hear from you. No reason to end the discussion just because the podcast has reached its finale. So while this podcast may be over, the legend will live on. Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons. My name is Katie Cakes, and I am the host of Cake Bites, a podcast adventure through gaming history. I am just inviting you to come along with me on that journey while I interview people who have worked in and around the industry for the last 30 plus years to learn about their experiences and their perspectives to learn more about an industry that is continuously evolving. I hope you guys will join me every two weeks when I release a new episode of the show on all major podcasting platforms. You can learn more about the show at kickbites.com.